Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives. One minute of screen time per episode. I am Jeremy Sternhagen. I'm Tyson Ferris. And I'm Angela Bennett. And together we all host a podcast called Bad at Movies. You may know Tyson and I from another podcast, The Real Jaws Minute, but this week... We're bad at movies. Yep. It's uh, where we've gone uh, after the real Jaws thing. Yeah. So. It's a whole new podcast, not a minute-by-minute minute format, but you can find us there, hopefully, soon. It's pretty new. But, uh, Tyson, we're talking about the best years of our lives. Where are we at in this movie? Uh, we are at uh, minute 106. Minute 106 starts with Peggy pulling away, and it ends with a man's collateral. So, Angela, on our Bad at Movies podcast, we mainly talk about how two of us have usually seen a movie and one of us hasn't. In this case, none of us have seen this movie. No, I feel so included this time. Yeah, so we are all bad at the best years of our lives. Yeah. Worst years of our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like we uh, need to work through some stuff a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah, normally we'll start our podcast uh, doing some preconceived notions on uh, what we think about a movie, uh, so uh, we we can't do that this time, but what did you, did you have anything going into this other than... Me? Yeah. Yeah. We already talked about uh, our feelings last week. <clears throat> I had never even heard of this movie. Um, the only thing I knew was that you guys warned me it was a three- our movie and um i really hate long movies so um i i wouldn't say i had you a, already ha- a, you already had a, a grudge I going was, into it i was scrunching my face as i pushed play yes but <laughs> that quickly dissipated oh do tell keep going well i loved it yay yay it, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really it flew by. Tyson and I said the same thing. Yeah, we said the same thing. It uh, it did not feel like three hours because you really you get into these people. That's just my jam is like really rich characters, like f- a few really good characters that you just totally get to know. Even the town, like you just feel like you live there and you want to live there and you want to know everyone and... Uh, it it was great. Oh, uh, Angela, I, something I, I said when uh, last week. I go when it end when it ends. I I I felt like I felt kind of gypped. Like, <laughs> like I wanted like three more scenes. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to check how long it had been. I was wrapping my Christmas presents as I watched this because. Uh, while we're recording this, it's two days until fucking Christmas, and <laughs> there's no 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 minutes to uh, be left un unproductive. Have a holly fucking Christmas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I went to check, and it was a, right in the middle, an hour and a half in. And I was like, "Whoa! I can't even believe that." It, yeah. I just I wanted to crawl right in there. You know who I wanted to crawl on was Fred. Dang. Fred? Fred. Really? 
So, uh, Dana Andrews, huh? He's playing, though, I think he looks much older than his character probably is. Mm. Is, uh, every is, everybody everybody in these welcome to every movie made mostly in the 30s and 40s <laughs> these yeah. people are easily <laughs> 10 to 15 to 20 years younger than they look <laughs> like yeah yeah he talking about his uh bottle shop or what is it a, not a bottle so shop here, that's not here, the word I'm here, looking for. Here, here's my point guys dana andrew's dad in this movie, mm-hmm. he died at 47. Yep. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Which was yeah. quite a few years after this. Oh, okay. Dana Andrews. This That tells me that Dana That the just actor blew Dana my dad. fucking mind. What? <laughs> so that Dana Andrews' looks... dad in this movie, Pappy, Pappy Dana Andrews, is like 42 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Which would make him Dana Andrews was like thirty in his late thirties when he was in this movie, so he is just a few years older than Dana Andrews. Yeah. Okay. Roman so br- Bonin. Roman Bonin. <laughs> Roman Bonin. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> he he, but he died in like forty nine, and this was filmed in like forty six. Probably from stress from having such a ridiculous yeah, a... name. It really got to him. <laughs> we are so mean. Oh, you can just blame it on me. Uh, heart ailment. He Bummer, looked. Dude. He looked um, familiar to me, and I'm actually looking through. He 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 shows up in quite a few things. Um, yeah. He's a good character actor. Oh, he's in Of Mice and Men. Something that's interesting of this era, and I can't back this up, but, you know, today we're fickle about our movie stars and movie stars have a, you know, 10-year career and then they kind of fade out. But back in these days, you know, you had like the studio's actors were all under contract. So the studio more or less force-fed movie stars to us back then because if MGM had, you know, Cary Grant... You just kept getting Cary Grant movies, you know? Mm. So you just, anyway, a lot of these actors just, you see them in way more movies because if you're under contract to MGM, you know, that doesn't exist today. But if you make a movie, you know, if they're making a Western, they can call you and say like, oh, hey, uh, you know, uh, Myrna Loy, you're going to be in this new movie with, you know, uh, such and such. And it really doesn't matter how she feels about it. She's going to be in it. Yep. So that's, as a result, you end up seeing, you know, Myrtle Loy in 800 movies. Yeah. To a certain extent. Um, yeah. More so as, than you would today where an as, actor can. Yeah. As the, as, as Star Clout grew, um, you know, they could, they could refuse pictures. Um, right. But they also. To, to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. But today, like nobody's in a movie. It's kind of the opposite. You have to work your butt off to be in a movie. But once you get signed to a contract back in 1946, you're going to you be have in a some whole movies. career. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So at the start of the scene, I love I love the detail of the valet. In the last scene, she gave a valet a ticket, and he he pulled the car out, mm-hmm. which you kind of don't notice because you're watching them. Yeah. But then the, you have this car backing in to her spot and i just think it's a nice little capper on the end of that scene as she pulls out of the exotic water tower parking lot next to the crummy italian diner yeah 
you know, he got valets for those places. Yeah, we thought we thought at the start of this minute, we thought that kind of looked like they were building uh, kind of like a Texas Tower, Angela. Texas Tower. Oh. You're you're I think you're very region specific to your neighborhood, Tyson. Yes, yes. Yeah. Angela knows where that tower is. Oh, okay. nothing good happens. <laughs> <laughs> nothing good happens at water towers <laughs> after midnight. <laughs> So we watched Dana Andrews leave, and then at a solid 16 seconds into this minute, we switch over to old Freddie March getting a yeah. dressing down from his boss. This whole scene, which is going to go over a couple minutes here, all shot in, all shot in one, no coverage. Yeah. Editing, what's that? I always love oneers. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of them in this film. <laughs> this movie is really expertly filmed. I love the way it's shot and edited, but it does display the pretty standard characteristic of a 1930s or 1940s movies of a heavy percentage of oneers. No, no cuts. You just you point the camera at three actors, four actors in a room, like they're on a like you're watching a play, and you just let them all roll. Yeah, but I I think the difference here in this film, uh, which I, I I do agree with that statement. Uh, I think the one thing that's different here is we get camera movement inside these oneers. Which Not that, this one, though. Yeah, we do. Oh, when when Frederick March uh, moves, yeah, when he changes yeah. his position. Yeah, yes, there's so. like there's like three setups in this in this oneer. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, you'd have a scene play out, and there wouldn't be any sort of movement at all. And yeah. But we essentially are stuck on this setup for 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 the rest of this one movie, for sure. and into the halfway into the next. This is a one minute plus oneer for sure before they the camera dollies right. Yep. Which to do that you have to kind of trust that your scene, your actors, and what's happening in the movie is. I don't know if they thought of it this way in 1946, but you have to kind of trust that your audience is into the movie at this point. Yeah. Because you're not visually giving them much more than the scene itself. Correct. To get in this scene, uh, so this guy on the left basically has gone and told on him, right? Yeah. Which I don't. Yeah. He, yes. Well, he I said, would imagine he's supposed. I guess it's. To. I guess it's screen right or screen left. His his right. I guess. So yes. I shouldn't say on his left. The older but, gentleman with glasses. Yeah. Screen looks left. like an accountant yeah. or a. Uh, some kind of checks and balances system. Hi, I'm the risk manager. Yeah. So this guy, I looked him up. He made an entire career. He had a 200 credits to his name uh, when he retired in 1956. Mm. I bet he, he always he, plays this kind of character. He always plays. Well, I was just doing my job. <laughs> That's literally like what he would play. Yeah. So he just says, and the whole scene, he's just sort of, has a clenched jaw, stink eye pointed at Frederick slash March. clenched butthole. So. <laughs> I, I was gonna like say, me. like, yeah, yeah, guy with stick up his. <laughs> Maybe that guy, you know, could yeah. be a medical condition. Maybe he has um, a stick um, up his. Boss, boss, boss. Um, <laughs> look what look what Al did. Look what he did. <laughs> he gave a veteran money. Can you believe it? 
Teacher, you forgot to assign us homework before the weekend. Totally, totally, <laughs> totally forget. Yeah, totally that guy. Yep. Uh, the thing that caught me about this minute is that it's this movie is generally speaking very mostly bright. It's you know, I realize it's black and white, but this is one of the few scenes in the movie where the whole space is dark and people are wearing dark clothes. And my in the back of my brain, there was a voice going like, "This is." We're supposed to feel like this is a not a friendly place. Like nothing yeah. good happens in this room. Yeah, yeah. When he does, when when the the snivelly guy uh, does his, uh, you know, kind of explanation, the, mm-hmm. the side look that Al uh, gives him is hilarious to me. It's yeah. just, uh, it's like, can you believe this piece of shit? like? <laughs> You're gonna let him get away with it? Yeah. Does that happen in this minute? I think that's in the next minute. The the remainder of this minute, well, it he first he gets his little dressing down, and then right around one, with about fifteen seconds left in the minute, that's when we switch over to the beginning of a very. Let's just like, diatribe for the working man, you know. Yeah, like you yeah. almost want fanfare for the common man to start playing sure. behind him. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Or our I, I feel like uh, one one thing that struck me about this scene, and he, he looks good in it, uh, but you just you don't see double breasted suits anymore. Mm. Bring it back, Ty. Yeah, yeah. Just just, just saying. You know, I mean, I'm is. just saying it would be nice, you know, once in a while, if if when we're recording on our little Zoom calls, you would just get it together, throw yeah. in a suit. Well, yeah. Jeez. I got a real problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all of us in our in our lumpy sweaters. It's almost like it's lumpy. nine twenty at night on a I am I am wearing my quint jacket. Oh yeah. That is a good jacket. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a that's a great jacket and you know, if you like Jaws, there's a podcast called The Real Jaws Minute. Check it out. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh. Self promotion. I I hate those ad bots that just Ugh. zoom bomb our episodes all during russians (laughs) i want to talk more about uh old freddie here and his his uh patriotic speech but i think uh, i want to save it for the next minute you mean al yeah or is the actor's name fred what frederick march oh mm, i'm getting my friends i call him freddie sorry god damn it we're pals always with that's frederick that's frederick calling from the afterlife to chastise me for calling it Freddy. Tyson, you too could wear double-breasted suits. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you sound like that, Frederick? (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm floating. Because I'm a ghost. A sexy ghost. I I became a woman in the afterlife. you want over here <laughs> i talk like this because i got kicked in my angel nuts <laughs> i died at 77 and had lost all of my testosterone see there there see i just went dark i side with science i went blue and jeremy <laughs> Oh, um, the, the before we end this one, and we probably should, uh, <laughs> I feel like this set had been 
used this has been used for a thousand MGM films. Like yes. this is just a revolving <laughs> yeah. nondescript. Yeah. When you look when you look at the banker, index under business, yeah. This set <laughs> any, is what you any get. sort of business office set, and it's like boom, we just film in front of this thing. Yeah. Bank. We keep saying MGM. This was an RKO movie. However, it was produced by Samuel Goldwyn, who went on to be the G of MGM. And on that oh, note, I, can't I can't. I, I just, I just knew Goldwyn was the producer, so I just assumed MGM. Yes, but yep, it, it, you're basically right. It's, yep. it, so. yeah, essentially the uh, MGM to be. Gotcha. You guys are nerds. All right. Well, uh, nerds. Oh, you I, have you have not heard the half of my nerdiness, Angela. I'm gonna. That's terrifying. I've heard a lot. Of it, I have. I have, especially on um, our alien episode. Oof. I have minutes and minutes of things to say about Frederick March and Myrna. <laughs> we have Myrna in our this week. We do. We have Myrna at the oh, end of barely. the week. Barely. Oh, okay. Oh boy, am I excited to talk? Yeah, about Yeah, she Myrna. comes at the end of the week. Is and... Myrna uh, uh, Al's wife? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Indeed. She's great. She's great. I mean, she's fantastic. Yeah. But that is for Friday. So you got to listen all week and uh, you'll hear about it then. Sneak preview. She's my favorite. All she right. Jeremy. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> so listeners, you can find the Best Minute Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Or if you don't got any of those things, you can just use that uh, boring old internet to go to bestminutes.com. And you can find us on social media at a place called Butch's Place, the best years of our lives, Listener's Cafe on Facebook. And you can go to Twitter and find the best minutes. Until tomorrow, or whenever you listen to the next episode, that's it for this episode. Yep. So, yeah, go listen to Minute 107. Bye. (laughs) So, go. It's over. Get out. Go on. Bye. Hey, Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.